Welcome to Heart and Soul, the radio show dedicated to all things BDSM. My name is Mistress Elisa. I'm a dominatrix, BDSM counselor, and life coach. Listen, you've got questions, and I've got answers. And I'll be talking to you from my heart and soul. struggling with addiction, if you are thinking about going through the process of recovery, um, whether or not you are in the process of recovery, you've left and you want to come back, one of the most important things for you to remember is that there are two voices in your head. And so you can have lots of thoughts, lots of opinions, you know, lots of things that you should or shouldn't be doing. There's so much going on in your head, lots of judgments. But one of the most important things that my clients learn how to do is to identify which voice is speaking. Is this the voice of your truth or is this the voice of your addiction? Um, I'm going to spend more time talking about the voice of the addiction because it is manipulative it is something that will creep creep up on you and you won't even know what you're dealing with so I can have someone say something that sounds completely absurd to me but as they say it it sounds absolutely true let's just say for instance um, a husband has been cheating on his wife for 10 years and she goes out and she cheats on him once you know and all of a sudden that is pivotal in their relationship she is all sorts of names and she's a horrible person and you know she takes him for granted and when I ask him well what does that say about you if she cheated once and you've been cheating and lying for 10 years what does that say about you the voice of his addiction uh, and there's more than just addiction talking here but in this kind of situation the the rationalization is oh well I need help or well I wasn't getting what I wanted and needed the voice of your addiction will lead you to believe that it's okay to treat people any way that you want to treat them as long as you get what you want and you doing things that that are immoral and unethical that are painful to other people just so you can be distracted for a moment because there's no real fulfillment in the addictive pattern but you can treat people like shit you can lie you can cheat you can do whatever you want as long as you get what you want in you know for five minutes ten minutes it's never long term that is the voice of your addiction allowing you to rationalize like that and of course there are other issues such as character um, a sense of morality and decency there are other issues at play but a lot of times when I can get my client to understand that is the voice of your addiction then it, it gives them enough space from that unhealthy way of thinking 
that they are able to look at it a bit more objectively. Does that make sense? Does it make sense to judge your wife like that? Would your wife have cheated if you had not been cheating for 10 years? No, she wouldn't. Well, what is your role in this? If the person still says, you know, I have no role, you know, what I do is, is okay, and what she does needs to be judged. Um, if that is something that you fully embrace, you will never, let's just say that you will never help yourself while you are in that frame of mind. The voice of your addiction will have you thinking and processing like you are the only person in the world who matters. Like the wrongdoings that you do are, are very small and they don't really matter and they don't really hurt you. Like the fact that you lie and steal and cheat and you, you keep secrets and, you know, you hurt yourself and you hurt others, that that's okay because your dick got off and so you can justify it. That is the voice of your addiction. I also have people coming to me and I make it clear this actually just happened and so I had to start re-recording this podcast. So the new guy comes in. I had sent him five free minutes. I think I'm done with doing that. I try to be nice, but I think I'm done with sending free minutes. It, it draws the wrong people in, um, at least for new clients. So it comes in with the five minutes that I've sent him. He's already panting. I give him a warning. This is not a fantasy call. You are not going to sit here and pretend to get help while I work and you jerk off. It's not going to happen. So he starts to give me a sob story about his wife and she left the house and so now he gets to play but he feels really bad about it but he's panting and jerking off at the same time. This obviously is a game to him. And yet there were other things that he expressed about his life that let me know that he truly understands that he needs help. He knows it. And so while he was sincere for a few minutes, which is quite common, he was sincere for a few minutes and then he starts to transition. His sentences are not as lucid uh, and his responses are not as coherent. He's, he's responding, but he's sort of paying lip service. He's not really answering me. He's not really engaged. And so he's panting more and he's going down this path. Well, listen, I only give you a few minutes of that. I bring it to your attention a few times. And if you continue to go down that path, then I disconnect and I block you, which is what happened to him. Um, you know, the voice of his truth was saying, I need help. And I'm here and I'm present and I'm going to see what I can do to improve the situation in my life. I'm, I'm not the person that I want to be. I'm not living the way that I want to live and I don't respect myself anymore. That is the voice of your truth. But you start to get turned on while you talk about these things. Now the reason for this is really interesting. A lot of times your need 
will be connected to um, your fetishes. And so you have to be able to separate those two. As young men, your need and your fetishes start to merge together really early. We're talking maybe 11 or 12. You know, you need uh, care. You need attention. You need support. You don't get it. And so you start to fantasize about someone abusing you, someone neglecting you, someone ignoring you. Fast forward 15 years, you pay three ninety-nine a minute for some Barbie dom to put you on hold while she's shopping and you're over there beating off thinking this is amazing she's ignoring me it didn't start today that pattern didn't start last week last year that is more than likely a pattern that you picked up early on so what would the voice of your truth be the voice of your truth would be I'm hurting I'm lonely I'm frustrated I feel vulnerable that would be the voice of your truth but because men are not encouraged to embrace their emotions they learn from a very young age to shut down and the bullshitting starts really early on you know I'm going to act like an asshole uh, I'm going to pull your hair <laughs> you know, that's not an asshole but you know you see it very very early on the little boy is going to pull the girl's hair instead of saying, I really like you, Lisa. Um, instead of saying, you're really pretty, you know, can we talk uh, during recess? No, little boys aren't going to do that. They are going to make a pest of themselves and get attention in that fashion. When you don't acknowledge your truth, you are going to be on the wrong path. You are going to behave in a way that does not resonate with your truth. And you're going to behave in a way that does not get you the results that you want. What would happen if you were brave enough to say, I'm hurting, I'm lonely, I'm frustrated, I, I feel degraded, um, I feel useless. What would happen if you actually started to own how you felt? I'll tell you what would happen. You would hurt. You would probably cry. You know, your anxiety levels might go up. You could experience a number of emotional um, and even physical manifestations. But what happens from there is you learn to acknowledge and work through. Acknowledge and work through. You start to understand what your triggers are. So instead of you being blindsided by a trigger and you engaging in your knee-jerk reaction, which is, let me run to my addiction, you have that brief moment where you take a breath and you go, my truth is not that I'm horny. I, I may be horny, but my truth is that I'm horny because of dot, dot, dot. And, and listen, you can legitimately be horny. I'm not taking that away from anyone. I fully acknowledge that I embrace my horniness. Let us all embrace our horniness. Let us all embrace our sexual sides. But when you hide behind that and you pretend that everything that is happening underneath the surface can just be 
redirected or, or directed to this one thing. Oh, I'm horny. Well, no, let's look at what's happening in those layers. You're frustrated. What was your trigger? Oh, you had a really bad day at work. You had to lay some people off. Um, your your wife um, cheated. Um, your children don't respect you. Um, you have a lot of pressure coming down from your boss. What was the trigger? Now, what do you want to do about it? Can you fix it? Do you just need to learn to deal with it? Are you going to fix anything by going out and seeing a prostitute? Are you going to fix anything by engaging in your um, addictive pattern? Now, the way that I'm asking these questions, it could sound like I'm trying to direct the person to not engage in their addictive pattern. That is not the case. I do not believe in cold turkey cutting things off in general. Um, there have been some cases where people seem to present a danger to themselves. And I will say, yes, you need to cut this particular activity out. You should not be streaking. You should not be pulling up to um, strange women and showing them your ding-dong in the car. You just shouldn't be doing that. Your ass could go to jail. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your wife and your family. Your friends are going to judge you. Cut that shit out. Let's find something to replace that with. So for the most part, if the person has a porn addiction, if they are going to see um, doms or sex workers, I don't tell my clients to cut those things out necessarily because it's not going to work. You, you know what's going to happen? Um, you, you go to Sex Addicts Anonymous and your sponsor says, okay, well, you have to do this, 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 and this. You are going to abstain from these behaviors. And then the person goes, yeah, okay, I've been abstaining for, you know, six months, but they haven't been. They are saying what they think the other person wants to hear and because addicts don't necessarily always tell the truth, there may be some truth in there and there may be some untruths in there. But because of the pressures in that environment to abstain completely, then you got these situations where people are like, yeah, I told my wife that I, I was happy in the meeting. I told my psychiatrist that I was happy in the meeting. And then... They come to people like me. And I'm asking, what is going on? Why do you have one or two psychiatrists and me? Why do you have two psychiatrists, a pro-dom, and me? And, and I am the only one who knows about all of the others. There's something wrong and you're hiding you need to be able to acknowledge the voice of your truth. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? What do you need? What are you missing? Why are you collecting health professionals, mental health professionals, and a support team? You're collecting people to make up your team, but they don't know about each other. And you're not honest with any one of them. This person knows this part of you. This person knows that part of you. And 
everything is fragmented. You have to keep track of who knows what. It's just another form of lying. Someone that I used to know, <laughs> I like that song, someone that I used to interact with would say, oh, it's lying through omission. And he would pretend to not lie through omission. And he would overwhelm you with lots of details. But he was still omitting the big things. He was still omitting the truth. Are you investing a lot of time and energy and maybe even money in creating a bullshit world, a bullshit story with different versions that needs to be sold to different people? And then you have to remember who knows which part of you and you have to keep certain people separated so that all you're doing is creating more of a mess. What is your truth? The truth can normally fit on one hand. You're hurt, you're lonely, you're afraid, you're you're scared. Those basic human emotions, if you can tap into those, you feel overwhelmed. Let's say we go to the second hand, but let's say that those things that trigger you can fit on two hands. If you can start to identify what those things are, then you can acknowledge them and you become empowered to do something about them. What happens when you start to pay closer attention to the voice of your truth is that the voice of your addiction loses its power. And so this is why I don't tell you to not do those things. I just tell you to pay closer attention to your truth. And as you do that, you start to make adjustments yourself. And I can tell you guys that that happens every single time. I swear to you it does. There has never been a case where the person gets in tr- touch with their truth and they don't start to alter their their interactions with their addiction on their own. I don't give assignments normally. Again, the only time that I tell someone to do something or to not do something is if I see them really hurting themselves. That's when I give directions. But other than that, I don't tell you to not watch porn. I don't tell you to not go see a dom. I don't tell you to not masturbate. What I do is tell you to take a few minutes before you engage in that um, activity. Take five minutes in the beginning. Later it will be 10 and then 15 and then maybe 30 where you just you, you either put it off and or you are focused on what it is that you need, what's missing, what you want, why you feel triggered. And when you become more advanced in this, what you do is you reach out to your accountability partner or you reach out to your counselor. You reach out to that person who can hear you and you talk it out. And this is how it goes. I realize I'm triggered and I really just want to have a fuck it moment. I just want to go out and do this. All right, well, how have you processed it? Well, I realize that I'm hurt, that I'm lonely, that I'm afraid. I realize that I want this because my day has just been really tough. My week has just been impossible. 
and I want to do this in order to just forget about everything around me. Then what I would say is good job processing. Now let's put some boundaries on that. Boundaries are really good for those who are into financial domination. So if you are going to engage in financial domination, instead of your normal amount, let's say that your normal amount is $250, then what I would say is cap it at $200. Okay? I might also give that person a budget for the month so that instead of just going out whenever they feel like it and engaging, all they have to do is say, Mistress, I, I used $50 toward my budget and they, they tell me how they processed it, they tell me how they walked through it, and there's also aftercare. So after they go and engage in that activity, they also come and talk about it. Was it fulfilling? How do you feel about yourself? Was it worth it? Do you think that you can um, tell yourself that instead of waiting 15 minutes, the next time you will wait 20 minutes. And so the voice of their truth starts to become much more of a friend than the voice of their addiction. And they start to realize that the voice of their addiction is absolutely their enemy. There are no if ands, ifs, ands, or buts about that. The voice of your addiction is absolutely your enemy. Your addiction will not be happy until you are fucking destroyed. And there are some of you who say that that's what you want. But listen, I've never met a person who actually wants to be destroyed in the lifestyle. They pretend. And then as soon as they get their little dicks off, they're, you know, back to being alpha male and in charge and, you know, being embarrassed over what they've done. I've had a caller spend over $500 in one call um, because he's listening to the voice of his addiction and we agreed on it beforehand. This is not something that I normally do. Um, But we agreed on the amount and afterwards I told him that he was not going to just leave. But afterwards you have to process. And as we processed, my questions were along the lines of how do you feel? How do you feel about yourself? What do you think about what you've just done? This person was so frustrated with with how they felt afterwards that I actually have not heard from them since. You see, there's so much shame and guilt and embarrassment connected to these activities. And you bounce from one person to another to another and you blame the other person. But a lot of times you're just embarrassed about your own behavior. You're embarrassed about what you did. And and you want to, you know, change the game plan. You know, maybe this time you're married or the, the next time you're single, um, you have two children instead of five or you have five children instead of one. Instead of being a marketing executive, you're a lawyer or a doctor. Clients lie all the time. All the time. If you cannot be honest about where you are emotionally at any given point in time, then the voice of your addiction is the only voice that 
matters to you. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you can decide what you want to do about it. Do you want the voice of your addiction to be in control? Remember, there's no middle ground. If you're telling yourself that you're horny and um, you are going to treat people like shit or you're horny and you're going to risk throwing away your marriage and your company and the relationship that you have with your children, you are going to risk that for the sake of your dick shooting? And then at the same time, you try to tell yourself, I'm a good person. I'm responsible. I'm a person of integrity. Something's not matching up. Maybe that's who you are at your core, but is that the life that you're really living? And if it's not, then you need to ask yourself the questions that help you to understand what the truth is that underlines those issues so that you can address them head on effectively. There are two voices in your head, guys. There's the voice of your truth, and there's the voice of your addiction. Which one are you listening to? All right. Remember, if you have any questions, if you need additional support outside of what I provide, visit alisacoaches.com, A-L-I-S-A-C-O-A-C-H-E-S.com. I've got podcasts and blog posts and journal entries and questions and answers and lots of stuff to help you guys um, if you're not able to get in touch with me for whatever reasons. Uh, You guys take care. I'll talk to you again soon.